took forever for that intro to get going up there. Uh, hopefully we didn't have too much of a lag of time between um, the, the actual end of the intro and my starting to talk. Oh, well, we'll just go with it, all right? Um, I am armed tonight with the mighty caffeine, which I need really bad. Sip it in a microphone. Yeah, there we go. Okay, what I got to do, one more thing here. Put on these earphones. There we go. <clears throat> now, okay, folks, this is David Reposed in the Matrix. It is the 27th of um, December, 2021. This year is winding down pretty rapidly. Four more days. And we'll be into 2022 to see what kind of joy and merriment will that year will spread to us. Um, been working on a series. I've done two already, if you haven't already seen them. Um, there's a, uh, a movement afoot for um, rabbinical courts to put the kibosh on uh, on giving COVID vaccines to the Jewish population anyway. Uh, and we're talking Orthodox here and maybe some conservatives. Uh, the, conser the Orthodox, you have to understand, many of them are very conservative to begin with. Uh, a lot of them are Republicans uh, or conservative, I should say. And, um, and they vote conservatively uh, on a conservative ticket. So then when you get into the, I um, hate to say lower class, but the, um, the conservatives that are closer to the progressives and the reforms, you know, then you start getting people that are, <laughs> that start voting for Democrats and stuff like that. And I never can understand why, um, why Jews would vote for Democrats, which is socialism, when the National Socialists in Germany are the ones that were responsible for killing off a lot of our people. I can't understand it. Um, I don't want to understand it, actually. Um, I would just hope that uh, right minds would prevail and that people would uh, turn around and, and start voting in the right direction. And uh, no pun intended, the right direction. <laughs> Um, so I, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, uh, in many cases, uh, we were brought up to, uh, be for the underdog, to be, um, for the cause that's less popular, you know, and, uh, and because of that, it translates over into our, our voting. Well, some people's voting, not mine. Um, and. They end up voting for Democrats, and uh, but I think a lot of Jews are waking up, which is good. Talk about woke. That's the real woke, not the uh, the woke that these uh, hippies and uh, liberal freaks are running around trying to get everybody to to buy into. So uh, anyway, I've been doing a um, a uh, series, two down, and I don't know how many to go of. Uh, rabbinical courts that are, are put into kibosh and making it forbidden for young people, women, women of bear, uh, children, childbearing age, uh, older people, in other words, everybody, <laughs> to take the uh, COVID-19 vaccine. And that's a very good thing. And there are a lot of, I think that 
this will kind of, um, you know, when you have a forest and you have uh, where everybody goes, and then you have the part of the forest that's kind of a wilderness area and stuff. Well, this is a wilderness area for, for the population here in the States and around the world, actually. Um, everybody is in that one area, that camping area, and maybe some hiking areas that are around a camping area, but nobody goes deep into the forest. Well, what happens is there's a little fire starting deep in the forest, and I'm speaking allegorically, okay? Um, there's a little fire starting, and one thing about a fire that, you know, it just takes one spark in, in some dry brush or some pine needles or something, to start a fire and after a while if it's not taken care of it grows into a giant forest fire well this, i think that's what's going to happen with this um this whole uh jewish uh rabbinical um uh, i'm trying to think um proclamation uh against uh, giving the vaccine to just about anybody so um it's a little for it's a little fire that's just uh, smoldering in the uh, in the um the pine needles right now, but it's going to take off and uh, let it be so Yahweh. So anyway, tonight we're going to talk about um, the fact that, you know, when you look out there, you start to wonder, are there any doctors that have credibility? And I'm not talking about um, the 10 pennies and the uh, the Connors and, and the other ones that are out there being very vocal. God bless them and thank you for them, Lord. Uh, but I'm talking about the, the regular guy that sits out in the trenches, uh, you know, has a medical practice maybe or, or um, you know, works for a, a medical company, uh, you know, giving medical care to people who finally wakes up and says, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't live with myself if I do this. Okay. And the same with the pharmacist, because the pharmacist is the one that has direct control of the drugs and uh, my goodness, uh, I wish I would have gotten that, but there's a uh, magazine called Pharmacy Times, and I get copies of it uh, every month, and these articles are coming out in Pharmacy Times where, oh, yes, the, the vaccine is safe. Um, another one was, it, it'll be safe for, for young people, and so the pharmacist, the, the everyday, you know, down-to-earth pharmacist reads what is written in Pharmacy Times and thinks it's a gospel, because it's been vetted supposedly by, by people who want the truth. Well, um, if you want to start a lie, you kind of start at the top and let it filter down. And that's what happens. Um, I'm sure somebody at pharmacy times, probably the editor, um, is in cahoots with, uh, with somebody that works with the government or something. And they're being told what to say. Then it filters down to the pharmacist and then it filters down to the pharmacy tech and everybody else. And ultimately, it filters down to the uh, the patient who receives the um, the result of the filtering, so to speak. Um, so it, it would be very easy for me to say, "Oh, stupid pharmacist! You know, he should know better and stuff like that." Well, first of all, he's getting information that he thinks is correct. He's getting it from there. He's getting it from the board of pharmacy. He's getting it from. Uh, any organization that he belongs to, National Pharmacists Association, National um, Hospital Pharmacy Association, there's a million of them out there, uh, different organizations, you know, figuratively, there's a million of them. Um, and a lot of times pharmacists have to go through continued education. It's called CE. 
And even in the CE there, you have to answer the questions like the material you read told you about. Okay. Uh, so otherwise you don't pass the CE. Um, and then you don't get CE credits, um, which a lot of times is, is uh, required by a state board of pharmacy. So you got to toe the mark there. You've got to toe the mark when you're talking with your colleagues because you don't know who stands where when it comes to the vaccines. You have to um, be careful with the public because there's always a snitch out there. Um, and we'll see that tonight. It happened to somebody. There's always a snitch out there that's waiting for you to say the wrong thing so they can call the Board of Pharmacy. Uh, I had an interesting thing happen a couple of years ago, and I think I did a show on this. It was quite a while ago, maybe three years ago. Yeah, probably about three, maybe four. I can't remember. Anyway, um, I've always been anti-vaccine. Now, anti-bad vaccine, I mean, I'd be a hypocrite to say it was any vaccine because I've, you know, taken uh, another shot of the MMR a while back and and stuff like that before I knew better, okay? Um, and when you get cut, they usually give you a, uh, <laughs> a shot for a hook and mouth, um, lockjaw. I can't remember it right now. Um, it's late at night and trying to remember stuff uh, is, is difficult this late at night. But um, so anyway, uh, you know, so I'm I'm, ba I'm against bad vaccines, and there are a lot of them out there actually. Um, but so I'm not I'm not totally anti-vaccine, but with this COVID nineteen stuff, my goodness, it's like it's like everybody took the the scraps from um, from a table, all the you know the stuff that nobody wanted to put into the food, and they put it into a vaccine, or let's just say a dinner, if we were talking about culinary things. They put it into dinner and kind of hit it with a whole bunch of stuff and then they feed it to the people. You know, it's, man, it's, it's crazy. Um, but um, so anyway, there are some pharmacists and some doctors out there that have ethics and a lot of more of them are waking up every day. And uh, some of them are having to make a decision uh, whether they're going to refuse to give the COVID vaccine to somebody or, or to tell somebody that, you know, hey, this hasn't been approved by the FDA. You know, it's under emergency um, rules right now, but it hasn't been approved as a as a tested and verified uh, cure or preventive for uh, for COVID nineteen. And when you look at the thing and all the garbage that's in it, it's it's anything but. You know, but um, so like I said, a lot of doctors and pharmacists are starting to wake up. Not everybody, but. I've worked with lots of pharmacists in my, in my day. And I know that there are some that are just in it for the money. Uh, and it pays pretty good, you know, especially uh, if this person's got a PharmD, a, a doctorate in pharmacy or, um, you know, or maybe a PhD. I don't know. Uh, but if, you know, if they're higher up there in education and the more education you have, the more you get paid. So, uh, and, and there are pharmacists out there that like their fancy cars and their big houses and everything else. And that's, that's just a human thing. You know, it's um, it's not always right, but it's a human thing. And but then there are pharmacists who every time they're handing out pills, or, you know, they're in their mind, they're going, well, it's, you know, well, what's this person like that these, that's going to eventually get these pills? Because a lot of pharmacists work in closed door pharmacies and they 
they serve as customers that are in nursing homes and boarding cares and stuff like that. Never see the, the patients. Whereas in retail, you see the patients all the time. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's so in a closed door pharmacy setting, you never see the patients and you're wondering what these people look like, what their lives were like. Um, are they nice people? Are they cranky people? And you know, the whole nine yards. And then you want, and then you look at the drugs that they're on, and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" You know, I think one lady was on 27 different medications um, every day, and I was like, "That's that's way too much, man! It's just way too much." And um, and I felt bad for her, and I started praying for that lady, you know. And I I found a lot of times I would pray over the medications before I sent them out. I mean. <laughs> It can't hurt, right? And, you know, Lord knows what happened, but because um, he's there and I'm not, or I wasn't. But um, but then you have the person that works in a retail pharmacy that sees the person come in or sees the relative of the person that comes in and picks up the meds for the people. And uh, so you have more contact, more closeness with your customers. And, uh, you know, so you have to look sometimes people in the eye and see what you're giving them. And myself, I couldn't look a person in the eye and put that needle in their arm. I couldn't do it. I'd be, I'd be no different than a, um, uh, an executioner, you know, who didn't care, but I would care. And so like when the, uh, when plan B came out for, uh, for the next, or they used to call it the morning after pill. I um, <laughs> I worked I worked in several pharmacies about that time, and and I walked up to my my pharmacist and I said I really have a um a moral and ethical problem with this because it's it's aborting uh for the mo for most likely um, a zygote, you know uh, the joining of a male sperm and a female egg that has been fertilized by the sperm and. Technically, it's got 46 chromosomes, so it's going to grow into a human, and therefore it's human, okay? And uh, so a lot of farmers say, well, you know, if that happens, then just have somebody else take care of it. But I've also had other techs walk up to me, you know, when I was younger, and, oh, so you want me to be the bad guy, huh? And I said, well, you can always say no, too, <laughs> you know? Um, anyway, it's, it's, it's really difficult in, in situations like that, you know? I had one guy who wanted, uh, he brought in a prescription for a Viagra and he wanted Medica Medi-Cal, which is Medicare or Medicaid, excuse me, in every other state. In California, it's called Medi-Cal. And he wanted Medi-Cal to pay for basically for him to be able to have a good time with his wife, girlfriend, or maybe a cohort of different women. I don't know. Um, I don't even want to go the other, the other way there, <laughs> but, um, and Medicare, Medi-Cal did not approve it, of course, but, uh, you know, I had to tell them, you know, sorry, but, you know, they didn't approve this. And, and I was glad. I really was because, you know, Medi-Cal is taxpayer money. And if it's taxpayer money, I'm paying taxes. So my money, theoretically, or, you know, even if it's just 10 cents out of my, my, um, my taxes that I pay every month, every payday, um, it's going to pay for that guy having a good time. And basically, it'd be like throwing a guy, you know, $100 and saying, here, go into that brothel, have a good time, you know. Um, and I was glad when Medi-Cal Medi didn't okay it. I really was. It's like, man, well, you know, probably 10 years from now, Medi-Cal will be okaying everything like that. But 
Um, anyway, hold on a sec. Ah, Got to keep the caffeine flowing. So we're going to, um, tonight, we're going to listen to um, and watch, if you're looking um, via um, no, streaming. Um, it's it's This is being streamed uh, live to uh, Twitter and also to uh, Twitch. And as time goes along, maybe to other places too. I can't stream it to YouTube. They close the account. And you know what's something that's really funny that's happening with this? Um, we have uh, Rumble. Um, a while back when I started, you know, because a lot of the content I've talked about and published is um, relates to COVID and, you know, the bad things about it and the bad things about the vaccine and the people that are trying to promote the vaccine and everything else. And um, so they were monetizing it. <laughs> And I mean, what have we been on Rumble for a year and a half now? And it's like $49. And I can't even cash that in because you have to have at least $50 to cash it in. So anyway, it builds up like by the cent. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they were monetizing everything. You know, it would say monetize on the upper right-hand corner of every video you put in there. Then all of a sudden, it was things were not getting monetized. And I noticed that it was anything that had mention of COVID, okay? Because I don't say good things about the COVID vaccine, you know that, or the people that promote it or anything else. And uh, so I wasn't getting monetized. Well, about a month ago, maybe a little longer, all of a sudden the videos that were talking about COVID were getting monetized again. And I'm like, whoa, you know, so... Like, well, maybe, maybe Rumble had a change of heart and they were able to find a sponsor that would, that would, you know, um, kick in and, and pay for every commercial that was shown on uh, the videos. And, um, but then I noticed that this week I posted two that were anti COVID vaccine. And again, they were not monetized. So I think that there's some jerk that's working for Rumble that is, is um, deliberately, maybe against Rumble's wishes. I hope against Rumble's wishes, uh, deliberately not monetizing the videos because he believes in uh, that COVID is real and that the vaccines are good. And he probably knows that I'm a conservative and he's probably a libtard. And uh, so this is how he's getting even uh, in his uh, branch COVIDian religious sort of way. And uh, anyway, I'm going to write to um rumble and, and tell them what's been going on and see what they can do about it. So I don't want to make too many waves because then things will get lost. You know how it is. You go into a restaurant and you complain about the cook. And next thing you know, there's a fly on your hamburger or something, you know, it's, uh, anyway, I don't want to go there, but so let's, um, go ahead and, uh, venture into video land. Uh, the first video we're going to look at is this lady goes into this pharmacy and it, it's a, um, Oh, CVS, I do believe, uh, pharmacy, and asked for the product insert for the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, oh, I'll talk about it after we watch it, okay, because I think it's important that uh, we watch it and, um, and then we explain it afterwards. Having worked in a pharmacy, I could tell you kind of what happened. So anyway, here we go. Ah. Wait a minute. Sometimes this is incredible. 
I just watched it not too long ago. Okay, here we go. Okay, we got to go back to the beginning here. The, from the, if you're offering the COVID-19 uh, boosters or shots stuff? We are, but we're only accepting appointments yeah. because it's just been really crazy today. Oh, so you can make an appointment online at CVS.com. Okay. Um, do you have the insert for the from the manufacturers that shows the safety studies, the effects, and uh, all of those things? Honestly, I don't know. Um, is there a pharmacist here, pharmacist here who knows um, where to find the insert in the box of vaccines that I could take a look at? Um, if you want to step to the side there, he'll be Perfect. as soon as he can. Thank you. Notice it didn't take very long. Hello. Yes, I was wondering if you had the insert from the manufacturers for the um, COVID vaccine. I've got nice stuff. Is that right? Okay. I'll be right back. Comes in the box of vaccines. He's a pharmacist. He knows that. The only thing about this video that annoys me. For those of you that are listening, he's uh, back there getting the uh, insert. There seems to be a lot of dead audio here um, where, where things aren't being said. So I'll kind of narrate until he gets back. So she's kind of looking around in the pharmacy now, and uh, now she's back looking behind the pharmacy. I don't know how she snuck this camera in, but kudos to her for doing it. Hi. Um, That's from the Moderna vaccine. Okay, Moderna. Is it the same for um, Pfizer and all of the others? There, no, the, each brand is a little different. Okay. So uh, may I take this with me for to look at all of the safety studies, placebo safety studies on this? Yeah, because yeah, because the, yeah, the one because the one that we give. Um, yeah, because the one the one that's given to patients doesn't contain that information. So that. Which one is are they giving if it's not so, this one? So no, no, that's the one. That is the one we are giving. Oh, okay. But yeah, the the the, the package insert given to patients isn't the full information. So it's isn't not the from the manufacturer that, themselves. Th th that is from the manufacturer, but it's truncated. That's okay. the full thing. So why is it intentionally blank if it's all the safety studies? And stuff? It's uh, they're inside. They're inside of it. Ah, uh, this folds up. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to get one of these. Okay. 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 I've got, I've got to get online and find it. No, it's okay. It's okay. I already know that it's intentionally like. My last question is, um, how is it informed consent when all of the safety studies, placebo safety studies, are not listed from the manufacturer? That that's a great question. I would talk. I. I would talk to I would talk to CVS about that. Because okay. Um, so if if we don't know what we're injecting into ourselves, um, I don't understand how that's informed consent. That you're you're ex you're exactly right, okay. and you're exactly right, yeah. and you are correct. I should not be giving these vaccines at all. Okay. Oh, wow. Why are you giving them? Because I am because I am told to, and that's how because I am told to, and I am told. I understand and, that. 
and I, and everything I have shown, including the patients that I have given it to, okay. it is safe. It is safe and effective. Well, what it studies are you going by that states that it's safe and effective? I know these are tough questions, but I have to ask. I know, and I and I'm sorry that. But you can't. You can't I, answer. So I understand I, that. I, I unfortunately cannot answer that, okay. and I feel it. And right right now, I'm. I'm feeling totally inadequate as a pharmacist. I'm ready to turn in my life. Don't, don't. Just, just learn more about it. Um, you know about the Nuremberg trials, right? I, I, I understand about all of that. Okay. And I'm just curious if, if people here really understand what's happening around them and that just doing my job is not an excuse for what's really I, happening. No, I I absolutely understand. Well, and, I just wanted to ask thank and, you for and 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 based and based on what you're saying, I can no I can no longer advocate for these vaccines. Okay. Well, yes, that's absolutely your choice and people to take it, that's their choice to take it. Um, I'm just looking for um, informed people what where I can get information. And it seems like I keep hitting this block each time. Every time on, I go online and talk to doctors, they they block me. You know, it's because they can't answer my questions, they get uncomfortable, and I get that. But then why even continue this if, if you don't know the information? That is, that, that, is a, that is an absolutely valid question. Okay. Well, thank you for taking your time with me. I really appreciate it, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Do you see the look in his eyes? It was like all of a sudden, bam, he woke up. Oh, man. That was bizarre. I mean, I've seen this about 15 times already, but I just saw the look in his eyes like, uh, what have I been doing? I can't do this anymore. And, uh, well, either, <laughs> I hate to say this, but either he uh, he gave up his job because they would make him give up his job if he wasn't going to give the vaccine anymore, unless he worked it out with another pharmacist to do it for him. But then you're asking somebody else to kill people for you, so... Um, that's, that's another ethical thing right there. Or, um, CBS saw this video and they fired him. So anyway, I had, like I said, I, oh, I was going to tell you that story. <laughs> um, because this man said that he didn't agree with it and he works for CBS, technically he's t telling people that that is CBS's, um, stance. Okay. Even if it's just him saying it, people could take it to mean that CVS believes that. And if, you know, well, what a lawsuit that would be. You, you believe that it's hurting people, but you're giving it anyway. Um, so, um, yeah, like I said, about four years ago, uh, and I got, I, I'm sorry, I went off in this whole anti-vax thing before, but um, I was working uh, as a nurse and, and I posted something on Facebook. Somebody had written some real something really stupid, and this was before COVID nineteen, way before it. And um, and I wrote on there. I said, you know, how can you justify giving a vaccine that could that could hurt a young person? And this, I think it was that uh, Gardasil that they use for for the young people, so that they don't <laughs> so that they don't catch something that they wouldn't catch if they just didn't fool around. But um, Anyway, he, uh, I, I did that, and it had on my Facebook that I worked for where I worked. It was with the state of Oregon, um, Oregon Health uh, Healthcare, OHA Health Authority, and uh, 
so some time went by and then one day it was a friday i remember it and i i called in sick because i wasn't feeling good and i was um i came in on saturday and no no i'm sorry i, I called in sick on thursday um and i came in on friday and I, I heard that my uh supervisor the nurse manager of our unit wanted to talk to me but he wasn't going to be able to make it in that day he didn't think and so he was going to come in on saturday and when your nurse manager is off on Saturday and they have to come in, that's not a good thing. Uh, that means that you're in serious trouble. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so, you know, I kind of quaked in my boots for a day because I wasn't ready to lose my job. And uh, so he came in and uh, he called me into his office on Saturday. And the way he did it, man, a gentleman could not do it better. I'm not going to tell you his last name, but his first name was Larry. Okay. And Larry sat me down. He said, here, take a seat. He goes, first of all, you're not in trouble. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel good. Um, because everybody was telling me that if you came in on Saturday, I was in trouble. And he goes, no. He says, this thing can be taken care of real easy. He goes, what happened was my boss's 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 boss. And he said, it went way up the chain. That's exactly what he said. Received a complaint that somebody in... They worked for Oregon Health Authority at this hospital was saying that the vac that vaccines are a bad thing. And he says, he says, I got to give you credit. He says, it took him quite a while to figure out who you are. I didn't realize that my simple little, you know, I had a, a, a pseudonym and stuff like that, that that simple little trick would work. <laughs> so, um, and it did. So he says, all they're asking, he says, is that you just, um, take off of your Facebook thing that you work here. And I said, I'm still going to work here afterwards, right? He goes, yeah, don't worry. He says, and uh, and go in there and just remove that one comment out of there. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm getting off real easy here, you know? So I, I said, okay, well, excuse me, I'll go do that. So I did that, and in five minutes, I came back and said I did everything, you know, that we talked about. And he goes, good. He goes, he goes, close the door on your way out. So I did. Um, and he left soon afterwards. So uh, anyway, it just goes to show you that there's always somebody out there, one little poop disturber that um, will, will try to make your life hard if they can. And um, anyway, so, you know, with this guy and with others that have been fired, it's, you know, I kind of feel for them, and I, I came very close that time. And, and I'm glad I retired when I did, because if I hadn't, I probably would have gotten fired from where I work. So it's um, it was good all around. So anyway, uh, so, you know, if you're a praying person, pray for this pharmacist, because he probably got canned, and, uh, and it probably got around town that, you know, he's not going to give the COVID vaccine, which means nobody's going to hire him. So, you know, offer up a little prayer for this guy because he's going to need it. And hopefully um, he'll be able to go to work somewhere else. By the way, this was published uh, online um, on Rumble by a Michigan homesteader. It was published December 26, 2021. And uh, thank you, Michigan homesteader. I hope a lot of people visit your channel and I hope you're monetized and you make lots of money. Okay. All right. So let's go to the next one. 
All right, New York pharmacist gets fired after refusing to administer COVID-19 shots. And this is on OAN, uh, One American News Network, published June 8th, 2021. So this is a little old. So um, this guy did the right thing. And he, uh, of course, he got fired and everything. Well, you'll listen to his story. Why don't we just go ahead and let him talk, okay? Here we go. This is interesting. Something is blocking these videos at first. So uh, just bear with it, folks. It'll it'll come back. It looks like it's trying to... And one New York state pharmacist says he was let go from his job after raising concerns about administering the COVID vaccine to the younger population. One America's Caitlin Sinclair has more. So, Joel, you've been a pharmacist for seven years in upstate New York, where these past few months you've been administering the COVID vaccine. Now, you shared with me the first red flag for you happened when you started reminding people this vaccine is not FDA approved and you got some pretty shocking reactions. Can you briefly share with our viewers what were those responses like? First reaction that I received that was most concerning is people um, would say, well, the first one was. Which you know leads me to believe that they were not informed. The first we we were giving the Moderna vaccine, Moderna and Pfizer are both a two parts uh, uh, shot series. So the first one they they didn't know that it wasn't FDA approved, which means whoever administered it did not um, inform them that this was not an FDA approved vaccine or shot. I had a few people say that. I, I had a, a handful of people also say, well then why are they? Why are they making such a big deal of it? Why, why is there such a push to get this vaccine? Um, which definitely raised some, I mean, I have had that concern. That's why I'm in the current predicament that I'm in right now. Uh, I've been a pharmacist for seven years and I have never in my life seen a, uh, a medical situation like COVID, obviously no one has in the world, but this vaccine shot push is, it is, I mean, it's not a good thing, but it's fascinating. So you began to express concern. What did that look like? So I wrote to, um, I called my, my, my company has an ethics line. I called them to address a couple different concerns. I had seen the Pfizer report about vaccine shedding, um, which was a concern for, for me. Um, I had also seen reports about women's uh, menstrual cycles being changed, altered, um, whether they had received the vaccine or whether they had just we believe they may have just been some next to someone who had received uh, the vaccine. And that was concerning. But when when we decided that, or when the FDA had approved it for children and ACIP had agreed that it would be acceptable to give to administer to 12 years and up, uh, that was in the beginning of May, early May, maybe late April. I think the calls that I had placed to my company were like the first week of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I had called on just the ethics line. I heard no response. I also then uh, emailed like our media relations because I was trying to remain anonymous. And, you know, I, I, you can imagine why, because it didn't end up, didn't pan out well for me in the end if I didn't remain anonymous. Um, so that's what I did. I tried that. I reached out to OSHA uh, with my exact same concerns. And what were those exact concerns, Joel? If, if you can share with us, please. Honestly, my first concern is, um, Big Pharma has just released a brand new experimental, because it's not FDA approved, so I'll say experimental shot. When I saw in Pfizer's um, trial that they had expressed 
vaccine shedding, and they express it as environmental um, pass, uh, passing on through environment, skin to skin or inhalation. Um, so it, 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 that was concerning for me because the company who's making the product admits or is aware or knows or realizes that that could be a problem whether it is a problem or not, you know, they don't know. And so that was a concern. And then when I started to see these reports from women about ch it changes to their, their menstrual cycles and, you know, sometimes not even having one. I mean, it, it's very, very concerning because there's no long-term trials. There's no long-term data. You know, we have no clue what the end result could be for any of this. And a huge concern I have is for women of, I mean, it's for all people, first and foremost, but women of childbearing age. I mean, we, we don't know what could happen to anyone, much less women who would be looking to carry on the future generations yeah. of humans. Right. So that is where you put your foot down. And you basically said you will not be giving this vaccine to the younger population. What happened soon after that? With all the other information that I have you know, shared between the women and just all my concerns in general, I said, I'm just not gonna, I, I don't feel comfortable giving this shot to anyone who is 50 years and younger um, without some more information. So when I expressed my my ethical concern for refusing to give the shot pretty much to everybody who's 50, 65 or younger, um, uh, I was terminated from my position, I was fired. And just a reminder for those at home, as a pharmacist, as a healthcare provider, you have the right, the ethical, moral, or religious grounds to not provide a certain service. Uh, we see this with providers not selling Plan B to a young female, uh, if, if that is against their religious beliefs. So why is this any different? Uh, Joel, do you believe there are other healthcare providers out there that have the same hesitations you did, but are just too afraid of what the repercussions would be to speak up? Definitely. I mean, I think I think that's part of what has happened to the healthcare system. I believe that's what, it's not just pharmacists. I mean, anyone in the, in the healthcare system, um, there's been a slow takeover of this kind of corporate healthcare push. There are other people out there, um, other pharmacists, nurses, doctors, physicians who feel the same way. Um, AmericasFrontlineDoctors.org is one place that you can start. AFLDS.org, AmericasFrontlineDoctors.org is one group that I'm working with where I found very like-minded people. Um, and you're not alone. You are not alone. It is a scary, it can be a scary stance to take. If you are younger in your profession, the odds are very good that you have tremendous amounts of student loan debt. And it can be very scary to not have uh, a career um, just kind of overnight. But you have rights in this country. You have, you can take an ethical stance. Well, Joel, we thank you for adhering to that oath that you took and putting the people first. Thank you so much. Want to see more videos like this? Visit ONN. We don't need to see that part. Non-commercial television has a commercial. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> hats off to this guy for, for sticking to his convictions. You know, there's not very many people that would do that. Remember, in, <laughs> I've said this many times on this radio show, is that people are afraid. Like I said, uh, they have massive student debt, and that's what this guy said. They're afraid that, you know, they're not going to be able to pay that off. Uh, they, in many cases, have the big car, the big house, 
you know, a, a wife and four or five children, even two children or one is, you know, is a heck of a responsibility. Um, and that's just compounded with the more, but, um, anyway, it's with, there's just so many factors that cause people to fear. And that's, that's what it is. It's fear that, um, they don't want to do anything because many of them think they're the only one, you know, it's, it's really weird that they think they're the only one. Um, when I was working as a nurse, I thought I was the only one that wasn't going to take the vaccine, you know, and then I started talking with other people, you know, this one wouldn't take it. That one wouldn't take it. And, uh, we all tried to get, um, eight, uh, Americans with disability act, um, exemptions and, uh, that didn't work out. But um, anyway, so it's it's just hard, you know. And and I'm, when I hear these things, I'm reminded of the prophet um, Elijah. Uh, he, you know, he had brought some bad news to uh, uh, Jezebel and Ahab, uh, Queen Jezebel and King Ahab, and uh, they didn't like him very much. They were always trying to find him and catch him and kill him, and uh, he would always escape. But um, there's, there's one passage where he's sitting in a cave and he actually wishes he was dead. You know, he's, he, he just can't take it anymore. You know, I'm mad, I'm mad as hell and I can't take it anymore, except on a more religious note. Um, and he cries out to God and he says, you know, he says, you know, I don't know what to do. He says, this is a burden that's too hard for me to handle because I'm the only one. I'm the only one out there that's, that's standing up to these two and, and is um, fighting against them both in prayer and, uh, and, and uh, by a word of mouth, of course. But um, and I think he went into a vision or something and, um, and Yahweh told him, he said, no, you're not the only one. I, I think it was there's 2,000 others that have not bowed the knee to Baal and, uh, and served uh, Ahab and um, Jezebel. So if you're one of those people out there and you think you're the only one, no. Well, after you get done watching this, you're going to know you're not the only one. But um, I think that what would really work, and believe me, it's really hard to get people to do this, <laughs> you know, but a mass walkout would be wonderful. A wonderful thing to do in many ways. Um it would have worked in my situation, but uh, the union didn't want us walking out of our, you know, they wouldn't get, weren't going to support us if we tried to strike. And, uh, you know, they're worthless as um, teats on a boar hog, you know. Most unions are anymore. Uh, they'll take your money, but that's about all they'll do. And, um, you know, a mass walkout or, if every like if I everybody that I knew at the hospital would have said, you know, let's let's just call in sick for three or four days and uh, and see what happens. You know, it probably would have had some kind of uh, result. But, you know, one guy w was you know, well with me. I didn't have the hours, you know, I would have done it anyway, but it didn't have the hours saved up to do it. Um, other people probably just didn't want to do it. A lot of people were concerned for their patients, which is a good, a valid concern that they wouldn't get the care that they wouldn't they needed. Or a lot of the times, the, the patients come very become very familiar with uh, the caretakers, and uh, in a psychiatric uh, uh, 
psychiatric um, scene, uh, a lot of times that can have negative effects. So, and that's that's another valid concern. But it's um, you know sometimes you got to spite the bullet, but um, nobody ever does. You know, it's it's funny because in my life I've been there's been many times when I've I've uh, tried to organize people to do things. You know, somebody will come up and say, "Yeah, Dave, you know, you're you're really good. You know, you can you can really organize people." Why don't you? So you do it, and then you go you go to to take the action that everybody wants to do, and you realize that it's only you, or maybe there's three or four where there was forty or fifty that made the um, that made a conscious effort to you know to want to do it, but um, couldn't do it uh, in the physical. So. Um, anyway, it's, it's very difficult and, um, uh, but I, I really appreciate guys like this, uh, with me, I just decided to retire. I'm like, well, you know, I've got my time in and, um, I'm just going to get out of here, you know? <laughs> and the last time I heard, they never did fill my position. So they couldn't because they didn't have enough people to do it. So anyway, um, let's get off that subject. So let's go to the next one. Let's see. I it's been a while now, so I can't really remember. Okay. Doctors across the world, spelled across wrong, uh, have enough, have had enough with the COVID lies. This was posted by non-vaxxer 420, and it was published on December 26, 2021. So yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Okay. Um, so let's watch this. This is, this is pretty interesting because it's... Um, it's basically a, a doctor um, that's being interviewed, and but she is basically kind of um, laying the foundation and of uh, all the other people that are going to be talking on here. So uh, here we go. Oh yes, this page has been blocked by an extension. So we'll just wait, and it'll come on. Bye. Four, three, two. Normalcy only returns when we largely vaccinated. Normalcy only returns when we largely vaccinated the entire global population. If we activate mandatory vaccines globally, I imagine these people stand to make hundreds of billions of dollars that own the vaccines. And they'll kill millions, as they already have with their vaccines. There is no vaccine currently on the schedule for any RNA virus that works. So I have to ask you, are you anti-vaccine? Oh, absolutely not. I'm, in fact, vaccine is immune therapy, uh, just like interferon alpha is immune therapy. So I'm not anti-vaccine. My job is to develop immune therapies. That's what vaccines are. Do you believe that this virus was created in a laboratory? I wouldn't use the word created, but you can't say naturally occurring if it was by way of the laboratory. So it's very clear this virus was manipulated. These, this family of viruses was manipulated and studied in a laboratory where the animals were taken into the laboratory. And this is what was released, whether deliberate or not. That 
cannot be naturally occurring. Somebody didn't go to a market, get a bat, the virus didn't jump directly to humans. That's not how it works. That's accelerated viral evolution. If it was a natural occurrence, it would take it up to 800 years to occur. This occurred from SARS-1 within a decade. That's not, that's not naturally occurring. And do you have any ideas of where this occurred? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it occurred between the North Carolina laboratories, Fort Detrick, U.S. Army Research Institute of Infectious Disease, and the Wuhan Laboratory. $3.7 million flowed from the National Institutes of Health here in the U.S. to the Wuhan lab in China, the same lab where many people have said that this coronavirus infection first originated. We also now know that NIAID, the department associated with the National Institutes of Health, of which Dr. Anthony Fauci is in control, had already been conducting experiments with the Wuhan lab in the past in regard to coronavirus. If Dr. Anthony Fauci cannot be honest with the public about his connection to this lab, then Fauci has to go. In 1999, I was working in Fort Detrick in USAMRID there, and my job was to teach Ebola how to infect human cells without killing them. Ebola couldn't infect human cells until we took it in the laboratories and taught him. It's hard to ignore the death tolls. People have been dying. They are dying from this in, in quite alarming numbers. How do you reconcile that? Uh, um, it, it's pretty easy when you see, um, for me, when you see what the government has done, and that is that they took quoting Dr. Burks. We've taken a, a very, very liberal, liberal approach, approach to mortality. If my husband were to die, who has COPD, his lungs have fibrosis. His lungs would look exactly like somebody with COVID-19, theoretically, but he has no evidence of infection. So if you're not testing and you don't have evidence of infection, and if you walked in there today, you know, they'd call it COVID-19. And, and we hear this from the doctors and nurses who are upset. I've seen so many doctors online that have made their own webcam videos just perplexed by the protocol that the CDC had given them. Well, last Friday I received a seven-page document that sort of told me that if I had an 86-year-old patient that had pneumonia but was never tested for COVID-19, but sometime after she came down with pneumonia, we learned that she had been exposed to her son who had no symptoms but later on was identified with COVID-19, that it would be appropriate to diagnose on the death certificate COVID-19. When I'm writing up my death report, I'm being pressured to add COVID. Why is that? Why are we being pressured to add COVID to maybe increase the numbers and make it look a little bit worse than it is? I think so. Why would they want to skew the number of deaths due to COVID-19? Well, fear is a great way to control people. And sometimes people's ability to think for themselves is paralyzed if they're frightened enough. And that's not where I want people to be. I want people to say, we're going to get through this. I'm going to use my head. I'm going to go to different sources. I'm going to listen to different sources. And I'm going to think for myself because that's what America is about. If someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. You don't die with an infection. You die from an infection. 
I've talked with doctors who have admitted that they are being incentivized to list patients that are sick or have died with COVID-19. Yeah, $13,000 for Medicare, if you call it COVID-19. Right now, Medicare has determined that if you have a COVID-19 admission to the hospital, you'll get paid $13,000. If that COVID-19 patient goes on a ventilator, you get $39,000, three times as much. And you've killed them with the ventilator because you gave them the wrong treatment. All the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. And I fear that this misguided treatment will lead to a tremendous amount of harm to a great number of people in a very short time. My next question is about Italy. I want to know why Italy was hit so hard. Italy has a, a very old population. Um, they're very sick with inflammatory disorders. They got, at the beginning of 2019, an untested new form of influenza vaccine that had four different strains of influenza, including the highly pathogenic H1N1. That vaccine was grown in a cell line, a dog cell line. Dogs have lots of coronaviruses, and that's why they're not testing there. You could just say, oh, it was that. As the country begins emerging from the worst of the coronavirus epidemic, one question remains. What happened to all the hydroxychloroquine? We know that hydrochloroquine and zinc are working great for patients. And then Fauci comes out and says, well, there's no double-blind controlled placebo study, which, by the way, Dr. Fauci, is there going to be a double-blind controlled placebo study of your vaccine? Is there? In a survey polling nearly 2,300 doctors in some 30 countries, hydroxychloroquine was ranked as the most effective medication to treat the virus. The AMA was saying, you know, doctors will lose their license if they use hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malarial drug that's been on the list of essential medicine worldwide for 70 years. Dr. Fauci calls that anecdotal data. It's not storytelling if we have thousands of pages of data saying it's effective against these families of viruses. This is essential medicine, and they keep it from the people. Not only now, but back in autism with our discovery, there was an old antiviral drug, 100-year-old drug called Suramin, on the WHO list of essential medicine. It literally gave kids with autism a voice, a life. What did Bayer and Monsanto do? They took it away from everybody you couldn't get it to save your life right now we tried believe me every way we could so when you take away a medicine and not just the who not just the who the fda the cdc tony fauci close everything just end it all and we've got a healthy world again and we got tons of money because we can take all that money they're making on their patents and we can give it to the victims of this plague of corruption is it safe to say that anything that cannot be patented has been shut down intentionally because there's no way to profit from it, all these natural remedies that we have had forever? Absolutely, that's fair to say, and that's exactly what's going on in COVID-19. The game is to prevent the therapies till everyone is infected and push the vaccines knowing that the flu vaccines increase the odds by 36% of getting COVID-19. Where does that data come from? 
a publication last year where the military who had been vaccinated with influenza were more susceptible to coronaviruses. Coronaviruses are in every animal. So if you've ever had a flu vaccine, you were injected with coronaviruses. And then to put on a mask. This doesn't make any sense. We wear masks in an acute setting to protect us. We're not wearing masks. Why is that? Because we understand microbiology, we understand immunology, and we want strong immune systems. Our immune system is used to touching. We share bacteria, staphylococcal, streptococcal bacteria, viruses. We develop an immune response daily to this stuff. When you take that away from me, my immune system drops. As I shelter in place, my immune system drops. You keep me there for months, it drops more. And now I'm at home, hand washing vigorously, washing the counters, worried about things that are indeed what I need to survive. You're not, you're not immunodeficient and you're not uh, elderly. You should be able to go out without any gloves and without a mask. I think if you are those things, you should either shelter in place or wear a mask and gloves. I don't think everybody needs to wear a mask and gloves because it reduces your bacterial flora. It doesn't allow you to interact with society and your bacteria flora and your viruses, your friends that protect you from other diseases, end up going away and now you're more likely to get opportunistic infections, infections that are hoping you don't have your good bugs fighting for you, if that makes sense. And then as we all come out of shelter in place with a lower immune system and start trading viruses and bacteria, what do you think is going to happen? Disease is going to spike. I guarantee when we reopen, there's going to be a huge, huge amount of illness that's going to be rampant. The building blocks of your immune system is a virus and bacteria. End of story. Wearing the mask literally activates your own virus. You're getting sick from your own reactivated coronavirus expressions. And if it happens to be SARS-CoV-2, then you've got a big problem. You're not, you're not the first virologist who has told me that we're doing the exact opposite of what we should be doing to contain and to create immunity from this virus. Why would you close the beach? You've got sequences in the soil, in the sand. You've got healing microbes in the ocean, in the salt water. That's insanity. These institutions that are polluting our environment and our bodies, there was a time when they actually had to fight their own battles. But they've done such a great job at manipulating the masses that it's other people shutting down other citizens. And the big tech platforms follow suit and they shut everything down. There is no dissenting voices allowed anymore in this free country, which is something I never thought I would live to see. Uh, nor would I accept what I've experienced since 2011. It's beyond comprehension how a society can be so fooled that the types of propaganda continue to where they're just driving us to hate each other. You want to go to work yes. and get this disease? Uh, I think the male profession know what they're they've talking about. They've been wrong so far, ma'am. They've been wrong. Hopefully this is the wake-up call of all America to realize this makes no sense and, and we win because we'll take down the whole program with information like this. And, and for me, it's the great news that the doctors are waking up and saying, wait a minute. You, you doctors that are watching this, and I see a lot of you right here, why are you not getting loud? 
I'm here to defend you. I'm here to defend my freedoms. I'm here to defend my family's freedoms, my patients' rights to choose what to do with their life. I'm just blown away. And I'm blown away why there are not more doctors like me talking about this all over the place. We should be banding together right now. You need to wake up because your liberties are getting taken away from you all because of fake news that's out there. This is wrong. People should be going to jail for this stuff. So it's not the scientists who are in any way dishonest. They're listening to people who for more than 40 years have controlled who gets funded, what gets published. And I'm sorry to say many, many people will simply take the money and the fame and that support, things that absolutely aren't true. What do you say to the medical professionals that are just beginning to get a glimpse of the depth to which they have been misled and steered away from their oath to do no harm. I say forgive yourselves. It, it's the hardest thing to realize for all of us and is, is that with all the best intention, we studied, we learned what we thought was the truth. We had no idea that, that the, the data that we were being told was true was not true. We've been taught now in our, in our schools a very different science. You don't get funded if you don't speak the party line. You don't get published. That was probably the hardest thing for me to take, is understanding that scientific journals would, would twist the discovery that should have healed all. Will the scientific community have the courage to answer the question of whether these diseases might have been of their own creation? Thank you. So what we did pretty much ever since I got out of jail, we started an education company. We wake up doctors, and, and it's very difficult. But every doctor who realized they may have been part of the problem has now turned that around to march toward a better society and restore faith in the promise of medicine. That's all we can do. Dr. Mikovits, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real honor to sit here with you, and, and particularly thank you for your courage. Thank you, Mickey. I appreciate it a lot. The idea that we are now a few days away from a new administration, given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity of serving in five administrations, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today, is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today is that there is no question that there will be a surprise outbreak. The thing no question that there will be a surprise outbreak. <clears throat> 2017, he told, he knew what was going to happen. He knew that COVID-19 was going to be released. Why? Because he he uh, worked with COVID-19. He uh, funded the lab in Wuhan. He, you know, when, when it's all said and done and, and the hangings start or the, the, um, the hangings, the, uh, the executions in general of these people that have brought this upon the world, um, I personally would like to be there when Fauci gets it. I really would. 
I know that a lot of people feel the same way, so I probably never would get that. But um, as he's done to the United States and the world, so let it happen to him. And it, it will be an eternal thing, too, because he is uh, he's got no get out of jail free card when it comes to hell. He's he's going to go down there and he's going to be the uh, one of the highly acclaimed uh, satanic uh, voices that ever deceived uh, humankind. So anyway, I think there's one more. OK, so let's go for that. Because it's getting a little on the late side. Hmm. Okay, this is Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. I just want to see something here. Okay, we've got a little more than an hour, just four minutes over an hour, so we're okay on time. Wow. Okay. Let's watch Dr. Zelenko because he's... um. Little information about him. He's the, the doctor and um, I believe he's a rabbi too, uh, in a community in Upper New York State of um, a community of uh, ultra orthodox or orthodox Jews, and um, he's been responsible for saving thousands of lives of people who came down with COVID, and it wasn't through a vaccination or anything like that. It was through. Uh, well, we'll let him tell you. Okay. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Blocked by an extension again. That's weird. This never happens. Never, ever. Hello. That's pretty loud, and it's been turned halfway down. <laughs> now, our next our next presenter, ladies and gentlemen, our next presenter has created a COVID-19 protocol that has proven to be 99% effective for COVID-19 patients. He was nominated for the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He's been recognized as a hero at U.S. Senate Homeland Security Committee, uh, Committee hearing, and he has provided counsel to the White House, multiple governments, hospitals, physicians, public figures, and uh, he lowered his standards and agreed to be on the Thrive Time show a few times. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please stand to your feet and greet the one and only Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. Thank you. Oh, this is amazing. Um, first of all, I want to thank God for this moment. And I'm sure most of you know the details of my story, but I'd like to share with you some sentiments, some personal uh, realizations, and perhaps a call to action. What I believe is going on in this generation is a war between two systems of thought. One system being the, that we're made in God's image and that life has sanctity, we have human rights, and as such, it's God's purview how many of us live on the planet, how long we live, if we live free. The other system of thought, which could be rooted in Darwin's uh, 
survival of the fittest or eugenics were probably much more uh, earlier than that. It probably started with the serpent in the Garden of Eden. But that system of thought believes that there is a hierarchy in humanity, that some people are better than others, and inevitably that reverts to three types of uh, categories of people. One is the, the super, superman, like Kant would say, the ubermensch, then there's the human, the mensch, and the untermensch, the subhuman. Now, if that sounds familiar, that's because around 80 years ago, the Nazi ideology was built upon that type of system. The Nazis believed that they were descendants of Aryan gods. They believed that the Anglo-Saxons should be enslaved and serve them, and the subhumans, which I belong to, Slavs, the handicapped, political prisoners and so on, gypsies, they were meant to be thrown into ovens and become dust. Now, that ideology did not go away. It's just resurfaced now, but it's not anti-Semitic. It's completely rooted in something else. The, the elite, so to speak, they think they're evolved. I, I think they're devolved pagans, depraved pagans. And what, what, what they believe is that what they believe is that because of their wealth, power, intellectual uh, superiority, so they think, that that gives them the right to decide how many of us should be on the planet, how long we should live, who should be free, and so on. And so if you notice, any totalitarian dictatorship, the first thing they try to do is get rid of houses of worship. And it's very simple why, because if I bow down to God, I'm not gonna bow down to them. And so what's happening, the mechanism that they're using is fear. There's a global mass psychosis where these depraved animals, what they've done is use the media and created a false narrative that has led us to be living in chronic anxiety and fear and human isolation. If anyone studied psychological warfare, you'll know that those two uh, points, anxiety and human isolation, will cause most people to uh, decompensate psychologically and become very vulnerable and gullible and easy to manipulate. And then they offer the false golden calf of this vaccine, so to speak, as a false promise and people gravitate towards it as a short-term measure to relieve their anxiety. It's not intellectual, it's purely emotional. And if you challenge someone, even the most intellectual people, but who have fallen into, into this trap, if you challenge them, they become belligerent because what you're really doing is bringing them back into that anxiety state that they so deathly don't want to be in. So the, the reality here is I'm a big fan of King David and his Psalms, and he gives a very good prescription for life. He says, turn away from bad, do good, and live. So in this particular case, turn away from bad is very simple. Don't give in to the fear. Do not isolate yourself at all from the people you love. Don't take the poison death shot. Do good means, if God forbid you're in the higher risk category, take simple, over-the-counter, natural, antiviral, anti-inflammatory, 
prophylaxis. And if, God forbid, you do get sick, start treatment day one. Do not listen to the murderous NIH, CDC, FDA, WHO. They're the enemies of the people. Do not listen to their advice, because their advice is, is a death sentence. They tell you to delay treatment. Do not do that. If you follow those two simple rules, turn away from bad, do good, you will live. There's no reason to be afraid. And really, what, we live in a glorious time. Some of you know that four years ago, I was diagnosed with terminal cancer, uh, something called uh, pulmonary artery sarcoma. No one knows about it, because there's only 10 cases a year in the world. And they're all found at autopsy. And yet, four years later, I'm still talking to you. But something interesting, I, I, I was wondering why God spared me. And something interesting happened as I went through the process of having this type of cancer. There was no treatment for it. So, what do you do? So you innovate. <laughs> I had skin in the game, you know, it was my life. So I, um, <laughs> so I came up with a treatment that ended up, I, was found, I found a certain drug online that I thought may work. I went to see the oncologist, I asked him about it, and he said to me, you know, I invented that drug. I said, you're the person in the world I need to talk to. <laughs> and so that taught me a lesson. Because if you jump ahead three years later, I found myself in the epicenter of the worst outpatient outbreak of COVID in, in America, thousands of sick patients and no treatment. So what do you do? You innovate. So my own personal health uh, situation taught me a lesson, which I found interesting that it became very relevant, important skill to have when dealing with a unknown global crisis. And the other thing I learned I actually was told I was going to die. Um, I had already written a long letter to my children saying goodbye and, and trying to, I have young children. I wanted them to know who their father was. And, but something interesting happens when you're in that state where you really believe you're going to leave this world and go see God. You stop fearing human beings. And so that's a very useful skill to have when you step on the toes of the most lethal animals on the planet. But see, people ask me, aren't my, I've been on assassination lists and all that stuff, am I afraid? And the answer is no, and I'll tell you why. Because we live, what, 50 years, 60 years, 80 years, 100 years, 20 years, in the grand scheme of things, it's all finite. But the beautiful thing about finite existence is that God gives us consciousness, he gives us free choice. And he enables us through our choices to connect with the infinite. And so would I sacrifice a relationship with the infinite, with the eternal, for one a few moments of convenience during the, my finite life? The answer is no. I will sacrifice everything. I will sacrifice everything so that the next generation, you know, we live, we thought we used to live in freedom. And you know, freedom isn't free. We were free, or we thought we were free, because of the sacrifices of the previous generations. Question is, will our children be free? And the answer depends, are we willing to sacrifice? 
This is our storming the beaches of Normandy moment. This generation has been tasked with, um, with the ability and the responsibility of looking at the primordial serpent right in the eye and saying no and decapitating him. And the only reason why this has happened is because we're letting it happen. Because there's many more of us than them. And the tactic of the enemy is to scare us and divide us. And when we're divided, that's when they could pounce at us in sections. And the, the answer, the solution to that is to rise up in, in hopefully nonviolent civil disobedience, reject all tyranny, reject the dictates of the demented puppet in the White House. and realize that we're fighting a well-entrenched um, enemy that has a head start. However, we have something they don't have, which is called the God Scaler. This is a David versus Goliath situation. And David needs to, we are the David, collective humanity of God consciousness. The enemy wants to destroy God consciousness. We have to go in the opposite direction. We need to instill into our children basic morality. And what I mean by that is we should take our children out of public schools. For many years, the public school system has attempted to destroy the souls of our children by teaching them depravity, normalizing depravity. Um, if many of you know that there were two cities in the Bible that were destroyed, Saddam and Gomorrah, and the question is asked, why were they destroyed? So one answer is because they were immoral, but that, that's not the answer, because every place was immoral. What was so unique about them? So they, one of the answers is they, they normalized immorality. They made it the law of the land. And that is a way of saying, God, we don't want you here. We reject you. And so we need to go in the completely opposite direction. We take our children out of the spiritual danger that they're in in the public school system, and now the physical danger. According to the World Homicide Organization, According to the World Homicide Organization, they issued a, a decree that if your children are in school, that's implied informed consent, meaning, meaning that you could have prevented your children from going to school. The fact that you didn't and they're in school means that you are giving consent to the schools to forcibly, through coercion, vaccinate your children. So now they're attacking not only the souls, but the bodies of our children. You know, in decent societies, parents sacrifice themselves for the well-being of their children. 
Every parent wants their children to have a better material and spiritual existence. In pagan societies, they sacrifice the children for the purpose of the adults. And that's exactly what's happening. According to Dr. Michael Yadin, the former vice president of Pfizer, he told me personally, and he also said it in the media, that for every one child that dies from COVID, a hundred die from the vaccine. I'll say that again. For every one child that would die from COVID, a hundred die from the vaccine. So in other words, the vaccine is a hundred times more lethal, deadly to children. So let me ask you, what's the difference if I cut the throat of a child, throw them into a volcano or off a cliff, or inject into them a poison death liquid that has a hundred time factor of lethality over the virus we're supposedly trying to protect the children from? It's child sacrifice. So we need to reject idolatry, paganism, child sacrifice. Because that's what's going on now. There's nothing new under the sun. This is a biblical replay of a, this is a biblical war. This is a war that goes from the very beginning of creation itself. And now it has ex expressed itself on the battlefield of COVID-19 and the poison death shot. But we could reject it. We could say no. We can turn to God, and here's my advice. Happy birthday to everyone, by the way, because God just made you. <laughs> Creation is dynamic. Creation ex nihilo. It's every instant of time is an act of recreation. What that means is you're not alone. That means God is making you. And if he's making you, he's with you. So we know that anxiety, fear, only lives in the psychological and emotional space where the consciousness of God is absent. If you fill that void with God consciousness, by the way, it's hard work to keep the divine in your, to be mindful of the divine constantly is hard work. But so what? This is what's, this is what's necessary in order to withstand this onslaught on the human soul and the collective human soul, and the collective human goodness, and the fact that we made in his image. So my blessing to, to, to the whole world, to all decent people, is rise up. This hill is worth dying on. It's time for us, this generation, to pay the price so that our children could live with God consciousness, with freedom, and, and be able to thrive. And whether or not that will happen is directly um, correlated to what we do now, today. And so it is my sincere prayer and hope that like-minded God consciousness 
and people should collate together into cities of refuge, of decency. And even though the majority of the world are continents of tyranny, I know that, but nevertheless, a little light pushes away a lot of darkness. God is waiting for a choice. So, um, they still have time or? So, um, just to nip this uh, potential uh, future weapon of fear in the bud, the sociopath, the psychopath, uh, Bill Gates, announced uh, a few weeks ago that uh, he's concerned about a smallpox outbreak. Now, I would, I would take his word seriously, not because he's a prophet, but because he's a criminal, and, and he knows foreknowledge of what will happen. You know, um, smallpox only exists in two places in the world, supposedly, in uh, what's called BSL level four labs, the highest level security labs in America and in Russia except a few weeks ago, apparently, four days after he spoke, a few vials of smallpox were found in an unsecure refrigerator at a Merck laboratory in Philadelphia. So I, I saw a potential new weapon of fear. So I'd like to defuse that weapon right now. There's a solution for smallpox. American Indians knew about it. In the 18... 60s and 1870s, the Lancet and British Medical Journal published uh, data about a plant called Saracenia purpurea. People may know it as the pitcher plant. It grows in America, it eats flies. But apparently, an extract from that plant kills smallpox. I'm open sourcing this information because I think I, I want to diffuse the weapon. I want to. I want to uproot the enemy's ability to continue to use fear. And so, we all come from the same source. You're all, my, my four-year-old daughter one time told me, Daddy, you're my brother. I said to her, I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, God is my father and he's your father, right? We're all brothers and sisters, and we all are made in the image of God. We all are given the gift of consciousness, the gift of free choice, and we should all use that gift in the right way by choosing to put on the yoke of heaven and take the yoke of our own fears and the yoke of other people's evil agendas off of us. Because there's only one free type of person, I'll end with this, only one type of free person in the world, and that's someone who chooses to be a servant of God. Thank you. One more time, let's hear for Dr. Vladimir Zelenko!
time. Let's hear for Doc. <coughs> okay. We're not at a WWF uh, event, so I'm going to end it right there. I don't know why we have a lot of things. Le- okay, it goes into somebody else speaking. So, <clears throat> anyway, so folks, um, we've watched a lot of stuff tonight, quite a bit of stuff. And um, hopefully, we got an education. I know I did. No matter how much you think you know all this stuff. If you watch a video like that, you learn something else. And if you watch it again, you learn something else. Because I think that, especially a video that's, um, what, 20 minutes long, was it? There's only so much a person can take in at a certain time. That's why I believe in watching videos two, three, four times, you know? Um, I know it's the same way with scripture. You read scripture, you think you got it all, you read it again, it's like you never read it before. And also, since it's the living word of God, if you read something and it applies to your life today, when you're going through a hard time 20 years from now or however long, and you're going through a different circumstance, that same scripture can lead to uh, minister to you during that time, too. It's bizarre. It's weird. It's strange. It's supernatural. But it's true. So... Um, anyway, uh, with, uh, so what we've done, we've looked at, um, what some doctors and pharmacists have said, what they've done. Um, we've looked at their convictions and how they've lived by their convictions instead of just shying away. Um, I believe that we shouldn't be too hard on the people that shy away because there are many pressures that come upon people and, um, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's just we shouldn't be quick to um, criticize. So anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and end it here. Um, I will probably be doing another video. I think tomorrow night I'm going to take a break. And uh, Wednesday I will do another video um, in that continuing series I have going. And... um, This video will be uh, uploaded tonight, and um, I'll work on the audio part of it and upload it probably tomorrow to uh, Spreaker and to Podbean, and uh, also to our archives on the Delusion Resistance. By the way, uh, I've had requests for people that have seen portions of our video on different um, websites. How do I get the real video, the whole video? Well... If you don't get it from here, because what, <clears throat> what, um, <clears throat> well, Rumble's pretty good about it, but what Spreaker does uh, with the audio, um, once you get up to 500 uh, minutes or whatever, um, they, they start telling you to get rid of the older stuff. And so when you do that, you get more time. So um, what we've done is we set up a, um, a place on the Delusion Resistance Ministry site. And if you go to the delusionresistance.org and you go to the top, you'll see um, Opposing the Matrix Archives file or or Opposing the Matrix Archives. I know it has those three words in it. Click on that and it'll take you to a page that has 
um, all the audios and has all the videos since we started doing videos. Okay. And uh, I mean, we're talking about all the stuff while we've got there. Oh, I've been holding that back for a long time, all the way back to 2010. So, um, not the yawn, <laughs> the archive files. Um, so you can go there and download darn near anything you want. Uh, some of the stuff I have not put on, put out in public because I do think that maybe there are some infringements of copyright. I don't know. And I have to clean those up before I, uh, I, I make them available to everybody. So understand that if you download them. Okay. Um, I've let you know ahead of time and, um, I don't make them readily available to everybody, but you know about them now. So, um, Anyway, with that having been said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close this out and um, get to work. And uh, apologize for starting late tonight. Um, oh, you probably wonder. Uh, Brian had some family stuff he had to take care of. So hopefully he'll be back next week. I think after the first of the year, he'll be freed up to do stuff. So anyway, uh, as they always do. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Yahweh. May Yahweh shine his face upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. May he bring you peace. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Folks, have a good night and uh, or good day tomorrow or today. And um, see you soon. From Imposing the Matrix, good night. <laughs>